Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode contains disturbing content, including discussions about high control groups, eating disorders, and sexual assault. Please take care while listening. Some people are seekers. Maybe they go to church or escape to nature, searching for answers to life's big questions, searching for a place to belong. In 2006, a yoga studio called Yoga to the People offered just that. It opened in Manhattan's East Village. As our base becomes really solid, really strong, we grow lighter through the heart. So lift the heart up toward the ceiling as you tuck the tailbone under. In the early aughts, yoga was becoming very popular. But a lot of the studios were not accessible, especially in New York, where class packages could cost hundreds of dollars. But yoga to the people was different. Classes were donation-based, with a suggested donation of just $10. The first yoga to the people studio opened just blocks from the NYU campus. It was like a dream come true. It was donation-based, but $10 suggested yoga all hours, it seemed, like from morning to night. Yoga to the People attracted everyone from college students to celebrities. Influencer Hilaria Baldwin, wife to Alec Baldwin, taught there for a while, along with Swedish reality TV star turned princess Sophia Christina Helkvist. At the front of every class was always this group of beautiful, advanced women, Yoga to the People's top staff. It felt like a cool kids club, a cool girls club. You know, I just really wanted to be a part of it. It was founded by Greg Gamusio, a charismatic guy who went on to build a yoga empire based on the idea that yoga was not just for the elite. It was for everyone. Thus the name, Yoga to the People. Greg would often read the mantra to the class at the end of class. Okay, here we go. This yoga is for everyone. This sweating and breathing and becoming, this knowing, glowing feeling is for the big, small, weak, and strong, able and crazy, brothers, sisters, grandmothers, the mighty and meek, bones that creak, those who seek. This power is for everyone. Yoga to the people, all bodies rise. I just got chills reading that, but not in the way you think. (laughs) I was just thinking everything that this says is the opposite of what he did and what he created. Greg Gamusio built a yoga empire around the idea that everyone should have affordable access to the healing power of yoga. But actually belonging in Greg's inner circle came at a great price. He was not the benevolent yogi that the world believed him to be. Behind the loving mantras and the thriving studios was a man obsessed with making money and controlling women. I would hear, oh, the the place is bugged. Like, he knows everything that you're doing. He sleeps with all the teachers. It's a cult. He hits the teachers. You know, so I was scared of what he could physically do as well. You know, I was in a state of survival. And he put all of these controls around us in such a way that we had, it felt like we had no way to get out. It was extremely painful and difficult. And I did not know 
that I was in a cult yet. From Cast Media, this is The Opportunist. This is Greg Gamusio, Circle of Trust. A story told in one episode. I'm Hannah Smith. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Opportunist ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jill Bain is a yoga teacher in Florida. But back in 2008, she was a struggling musician in New York City, bartending to make ends meet. One night at work, Jill's friend recommended this amazing place, Yoga to the People. I had been complaining that I was poor because being an artist in New York City is really challenging. Um, And on top of that, my knee was bothering me. Um, I wasn't even having trouble working out at all. So she said, you should come with me to this place in in St. Mark's Place called Yoga to the People. At the time, Jill was craving community, a place where she could feel safe enough to be herself, to connect with other artists and find support. And when Jill got to the Yoga to the People studio, it seemed like just that kind of place. The class was buzzing. There were people wall to wall chatting as they waited for their teacher to arrive. Everyone seemed to know everyone. I mean, there was probably 50, 60 students in there, mat to mat, and everybody was talking and there was a lot of energy in the room. And there seemed to be these women who I now know were teachers um, kind of running around like like preparing for his big entrance. And then Jill noticed a man enter the studio. She quickly realized this was who all the buzz was about. He had, at the time, dark, like almost black hair, brown, dark brown, um, pretty fit. I'd say maybe 5'10", 5'11". He had a handsome face. I thought he was attractive. I thought maybe he was 40, but he was much older than that. Before Jill knew who this man was, she knew he was important by the way people treated him. He had a presence about him that she couldn't help but notice. And he noticed her too. I remember that he looked at me. He stopped like dead in his tracks and stared at me in a way that made me feel, I don't know how to describe it. It felt like I, almost like we had a moment. I felt seen by someone important. And so there was this like elusive nature to the moment and to him, which I immediately noticed. 
that he was like the star. Jill had locked eyes with Greg Gamusio, the owner and founder of Yoga to the People. Jill would later come to understand that Greg's attention was like currency at Yoga to the People. And on this day, he chose to focus it on her. I had really short hair at the time. And so I didn't bring a hair tie because I didn't realize what I was getting into. And he came over and gave me a hair tie. and I, I just felt noticed by him. I felt seen. And that felt good to me. Abruptly, the class began. I saw him kind of shut the door and he just said, child's pose, and he yelled it out really loud. And immediately, everyone in the room got silent. And the energy really shifted and the music started playing. Jill said all the women in the front row were beautiful and fit and really good at yoga. And they all seemed like close friends. I remember thinking, oh, wow, like, who are all these people in the front row? They're so good at this. And he kept adjusting them and touching them and addressing them. And Jill didn't know it yet, but these women were all part of Greg's inner circle. The ones who lived and breathed yoga to the people. The ones who everyone noticed because Greg had first noticed them. What were the demographics of that class or most of the classes, you know, was it mostly women, young women or what? Was there a range? Mostly women, some men, but mostly women. Attractive, pretty skinny. I would say NYU age people. And, you know, what made you want to return after that first class? Him, his energy, the the class. Everyone was excited to be there. It was inexpensive. I liked going into the city. I liked being on St. Mark's Place. I started like three or four days a week. At first, Jill couldn't help but be charmed by Greg. He was good-looking, charismatic. He seemed to have answers to life's big questions. And the way that Greg taught his classes, it was unusual to say the least. But for Jill at the time, there was something refreshing about it. Greg encouraged people to release their emotions while they practiced yoga. The type of music that he played in class would often evoke an emotional reaction from people. And he also encouraged people to loudly have their emotional reactions in class. So there were oftentimes many people crying. He described it as dispelling energy in the body, negative energy. And so he encouraged us to make any sounds that we liked audibly. And he would mimic some of those sounds, you know, groan. And and a lot of the women, especially in the front row, would make these like, overtly sexual sounds. Jill told me that she had been a gym rat most of her life, but she'd never experienced anything like this. It felt radical and cool and different, and she started to gain confidence and make friends and feel at home. The women that worked there at the time, that I still consider my friends, they were very sexy, and they were really cool. And they were really nice. They gave me physical adjustments. And those physical adjustments felt intimate, not in a sexual way, but it felt like they saw me and they cared about me, you know, and they would come up and like breathe with me while in the adjustment. And it just felt like this, like a family. And then one day, Jill heard that Yoga to the People was offering a teacher training the opportunity to learn the yoga to the people style and possibly even teach there. Jill was intrigued. His right-hand woman at the time um, approached me 
with a flyer and she said it in a way that made me feel like she had been thinking about me. Like I like you should really do this training. I think you would make a good teacher. Jill felt chosen and it felt good. What were your hopes and dreams for it at that moment? How did you feel and what did you want from this? My goal was to be like in the top 10 teachers that he had because they were on salary. They made a living teaching yoga. And I wanted to have a job that I liked not working in bars and then also be able to do my music. And I really saw a potential for success in that. She signed up for the training but had to borrow money from a friend in order to do it. Back in 2008, each student had to pay around $2,500 for the course, which was a lot of money to Jill at that time. But she saw it as an investment in her future. She showed up that first day excited, ready to dive in and learn. But on that day, she noticed something puzzling about Greg and the teachers. Greg came in with his young son, who was three at the time, maybe three and a half. And he had these three women come in and sort of play with the boy. And it felt like I could, there were three women there. And I was like, which one is his wife? Because all of them were handling his son like they were his mother. This was one of the first instances in which Jill noticed that the boundaries between employee and employer were a little blurred. Were they all involved with Greg romantically? But Jill put that thought out of her mind because Greg and his teachers all but guaranteed a psychic shift with this teacher training. Your life will never be the same in this training, but there are gonna be points where you don't understand what's going on. Greg said this to me personally um, on several occasions, like, you might notice as you go through this training that your family doesn't seem to understand you, or you notice that they are starting to distance themselves from you, or that you are starting to distance yourself from them. But families can be chosen sometimes, and we, we are your family. Jill told me that she had experienced a lot of emotional abuse as a child, and she was still dealing with that. At Yoga to the People, she felt supported, known, accepted. It was almost like Greg knew exactly what to say to her, exactly what she wanted to hear, in order to gain her total loyalty. You can follow, rate, and review The Opportunist on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a difference. So thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Yoga to the People's teacher training was over two months long and took place over the course of 10 weekends. They learned everything from anatomy to the different types of yoga, to philosophy, to how to lead a class and make adjustments to students. Jill took the training seriously. She wanted to be in that front row of women in all of Greg's yoga classes. She wanted to be a great teacher. According to Jill, there was nothing unusual about the teacher training. That is, until the third weekend. Greg had one of his senior teachers go to the front of the room and face us. And we were all standing in rows, separated about six feet apart. And he told us that we need to stand with our arms raised like this for an hour. And I was like, what? That's it? At first, it almost sounded comical. Raise your arms up, hold them up. That's it. I don't know why I I thought that that would not be a big deal, but... It was the most excruciating, psychologically taxing thing I I, I think other than giving birth (laughs) that I've ever done. And he had teachers standing behind all of us so that we wouldn't drop our arms because I, I wanted to, but we were not allowed to. And we had to like slowly like lower them over the course of the first 30 minutes and then the course of the rest of the 30 minutes, we had to slowly lift them back up. And they, our arms had to be engaged. We had to be standing in mountain pose the whole time. And by the time we were done, there was not a dry eye in the house. People were in puddles on the floor, crying, like convulsively crying, hyperventilating, screaming. And it was a very vulnerable moment. And he encouraged us to have those emotional reactions. And the woman at the front, who was one of his senior teachers, she was doing it too. And she was crying too. And we were all having this experience together. But there's there's a psychological element to it. And also he was blasting Celine Dion music the whole time. Like Celine Dion ballads. Everyone in the class was broken down at this point, both physically and mentally, from the arm-raising exercise. They were vulnerable and exhausted. And that is precisely when Greg introduced the next activity, the circle of trust. We all got in this big circle, and he said, this is called the circle of trust, and each of you are going to stand up and go in the middle of the circle and tell us something that absolutely no one knows about you, your deepest, darkest secret. And he had one of the teachers get get up and give us an example, like show us what he means by that. And she was like, I was raped. And she got down and kind of like huddled in, in like the fetal position on the floor. Jill and the rest of the students were stunned. The teacher's confession set a very specific tone for what the other trainees were expected to reveal. A lot of it was struggle with substance abuse. There were a few eating disorders, rape, you know, I I spent time in jail, I was a criminal, you know, all kinds of things like that. 
Greg would encourage people to go as dark as possible with their secret. If someone didn't say a big enough secret, he would scoff at them and tell them to try again. This was a crucial moment for Jill. She knew immediately what her biggest secret was. For me, my biggest thing was my eating disorder. And I had, I carried tremendous shame. I mean, I remember thinking, I have to do this. I have to tell everybody and it's going to be freeing. It's going to be good for me. Like, and then I can start to heal and I'll finally get rid of this awful disease or whatever. And my heart was pounding. I was so scared. And I got up and told everybody and it was just silent. And I, I didn't feel better. I felt embarrassed and ashamed. And now looking back, I know that this was his way, I believe, of kind of sussing us out and deciding who he could manipulate and groom the most. Jill wanted to show Greg that she was dedicated to yoga to the people, dedicated to him. So she had opened up and told everyone her darkest secret. She left that day with a mix of emotions, ashamed, but also already so deeply devoted to this world Greg had created. But it turns out that this was not a safe world for someone with an eating disorder. I spoke with Sarah Thomas, who also went through the yoga to the people teacher training. She said that some teachers were encouraged to lose weight under the guise of making their yoga practice stronger. They would push it on you. If you were close to someone and they said, well, maybe you should be vegan or have you thought about losing weight? Your practice isn't as strong. Some people would take that to heart or or feel um, like you're not being taken seriously or judged. So, yeah, that culture was there. A few of my closest teachers actually were really under the influence of that. Some people were really... They had terrible eating disorders, and the behavior was just ignored or encouraged. After devoting 10 weekends to the teacher training, which cost each student $2,500, Jill's class graduated and everyone prepared to start teaching yoga at Yoga to the People. But there was another step they had to go through before they could actually start getting paid to teach. Greg's apprenticeship program. It wasn't really an apprenticeship at all. It just meant that the newly graduated yoga teachers had to teach 25 classes at Yoga to the People for free. But even after that, getting on the paid teacher training schedule wasn't guaranteed. Did you witness other people that you knew through the teacher trainings, through going to the studio, that went through, paid for the teacher training, and then taught free classes? and then were never hired? Mm-hmm. Many, many. And what reason were they given that they weren't hired? They weren't given a reason. They just weren't, they were just not put back on the schedule. Most, but not all, of the classes on the Yoga to the People schedule were being taught by people who were in this unpaid apprenticeship program. Here's Sarah again. They have a habit of scheduling apprentices like every day, every week. They prioritize new teachers over older teachers. Sarah was determined to make yoga to the people a priority in her life, to make most of her money by teaching yoga. So she made herself completely available to the yoga studio. She worked hard. She completed the teacher training and then taught 25 free classes and finally made it onto the paid teacher schedule. And then she made it another level up. She became a caretaker, That's a yoga to the people term for assistant manager. So if I'm caretaking, then you're automatically guaranteed to teach. We got paid $35 a class and you get paid once a month. 
I got paid $50 a night for caretaking on top of a class. So that's, that's like, what, a hundred something dollars for nine to 10 hours of labor. Caretakers got priority scheduling because they were doing a lot of extra work. But the reality was they weren't getting paid that much more. Yoga to the People was spreading like wildfire. Every class was packed wall to wall with eager students. And yet behind the scenes, it was mostly running on unpaid and underpaid labor. The teachers had been sold an idea that being chosen by Greg would eventually pay off both spiritually and financially. They just had to put in some time and effort. Jill graduated from the teacher training in 2009, and her story is unusual because she was one of the very few people who did not have to go through the apprenticeship program. Greg made an exception for her. And to this day, Jill doesn't know why she was so favored. But at the time, it made her feel really good, special, chosen. We had a personal relationship. I felt comfortable texting him and calling him. And I said, I'm trying to move out of my boyfriend's house and I, I really need to be some steady income. Like, so he brought me on. I never had to teach a class for free. I got special treatment. He picked favorites, you know. Jill was grateful for Greg's help, but she also started to feel indebted to him. One time I needed an advance on my pay and he just gave me $1,000. Or he had his supervisor pay for my deposit on my apartment. You know, so that was another way of kind of keeping me like, I'll give you gifts. I'll take care of you. You're not going to be destitute. Another time he offered to pay her to teach him guitar. So he's like, come to my apartment. I brought my guitar over. He took me into the bedroom, sat me on the bed and he said, play this song for me. And I played the song and then he said, good. And he wrote me a check for $200, $250 and told me to leave. And I was like, What just happened? But over time, Jill felt that she owed Greg for all the financial help he'd given her. And what Greg asked in return was total and complete loyalty. First of all, we were not allowed to teach at other yoga studios. He expected total loyalty. Second, if we wanted to be on the schedule, we needed to send in our availability. If our availability wasn't completely available, you were like 95% less likely to be hired. By 2010, Yoga to the People had three studios across New York City, with two more on the way. Jill said that teachers were supposed to get their schedules on Sunday nights, letting them know what days and locations they would be teaching that week. But the schedule never arrived on time, and she ended up losing sleep and becoming obsessively tied to her phone, waiting for the schedule. It would often come at the last minute, but Greg still expected you to drop whatever you were doing and go teach a class. What happened was, Sunday at midnight, we would get partially Monday and Tuesday, but only two studios every night. I'd be up till midnight waiting for the schedule to come out to see if I was teaching at six o'clock in the morning and which studio I was teaching at. Not only were teachers at the mercy of the schedule, they were also only paid once a month. And Greg paid everyone in cash. The fifth of every month, we had to go physically to his apartment and we would be handed an envelope filled with cash. Fives, tens, if we were lucky, twenties. 
you know, and at the time I was getting about what amounted to about $4,000 a month in cash. And I still couldn't afford to live. Yoga to the People didn't provide employees W-2s or 1099s. One night, Jill was instructed to go to Greg's apartment just across from the studio, along with a few other teachers, for a meeting. But Jill found out that there was a name for these meetings. They were called stacking parties. There were three industrial-sized black garbage bags filled with cash. And we were going over and grabbing handfuls of it and, you know, flattening it out and sorting them. Remember, Yoga to the People was donation-based, and they only accepted cash. Some people paid nothing, but many paid something, usually the suggested amount of $10. And with around-the-clock classes, 60 to 70 students deep every class, that's tens of thousands of dollars a day just for one location. We were told, do not count the bills. Just flatten them out, sort them out, and put them into piles. And sometimes we would sit on them. I was told to sit on the bills. And we drank wine and talked about surfacey stuff. And then uh, his right-hand woman would take that money into another room, and I don't know what happened to it. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Greg kept the labor costs low, but he would often take staff out to extravagant dinners in Manhattan's top restaurants. At these dinners, Greg encouraged people to dish about their personal lives. Here's Sarah again. Greg would take us to expensive dinners at like Nobu or um, Rosa Mexicana. We'd always go there. And uh, that's when, you know, comments and stuff comes out about other teachers or even students. The conversation did not stay on the topic of yoga. It stayed on personal lives. Like I told Greg, it's none of his business, who I'm dating or what I'm interested in. And that turns him off. He doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear about your boyfriend and how it's going and, you know, oh, does he treat you right, et cetera, et cetera. So he asked those questions at dinner while I was 19 and he ordered me a glass of wine. Greg had tight control over the yoga to the people teachers. And over time, Jill realized that the hold that he had over some of them was of a sexual nature. He was sleeping with almost, if not all, you know, most of the women. Most of them thought they were his girlfriend. 
and had no idea that he was with all sleeping with a lot of them. That is how much control he had over the narrative. And we were not allowed to talk about him. That was something that he pressed. And I learned that the hard way. Sometime in mid to late 2010, Jill called her superior. She was bothered by the rumors about Greg manipulating and sleeping with female staff members. Was it true? She wanted to know. I had gone to my superior because I had heard some of these things and I was starting to get really concerned and quite frankly, a little bit scared. And I said to him, you know, I'm hearing these rumors, particularly and quite specifically that he, Greg has a harem of women that he controls and manipulates. And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. He just kind of poo-pooed it. And I was like, okay, you know. Jill hung up. Then, a few minutes later, her phone rang. It looked like her manager was calling her right back, but it wasn't her manager. When I answer the phone, it's not him, it's Greg, screaming into my ear and threatening me. Don't you ever talk about me. You're not allowed to talk about me. Why are you talking about me? I gave you money, screaming, screaming about the money. And I realized in that moment, the only way that I could survive, (laughs) get through that, was to say that I was protecting him. And as soon as I said that, he turned it back to normal. And he was like, oh, okay, good. What do you mean by protecting him? I said, no, no, I told him about that because I was trying to protect you. And I wanted him to know what people were saying about you. I was trying to protect you. That was how I was able to spin that so that I didn't get fired or, I don't know what, not paid or taken off the schedule, anything. I mean, in that moment, I was so scared because he was threatening me. Jill was able to convince Greg that she wasn't ratting him out. Instead, she was trying to inform him of rumors being spread about him in order to protect his reputation. But the interaction left her shaken. Greg's attention, which she once craved, had turned into something she feared. His presence filled her with anxiety, and even when he wasn't around, she worried. She felt like she was being watched all the time. I was told that the rooms were bugged, that there were cameras everywhere, that there were microphones. And what rumor or not, there were some visible cameras at the studio that I worked at, and Greg always seemed to know everything that was going on. While things were getting progressively worse for Jill, the public perception of Yoga to the People and Greg Gamusio was glowing. Greg was becoming a star, a yoga celebrity. In 2010, the New York Times published an article featuring Yoga to the People called A Yoga Manifesto. In the article, Greg sounds like a savior bringing yoga to the masses, helping New Yorkers find an affordable way to heal themselves. In the article, Greg speaks profusely and admiringly about his teacher, his main inspiration, Bikram Chaudhry, who at the time was probably the biggest name in yoga in the United States. I think he loved the attention and he loved that people loved him and wanted to take his class and You know, his hair was down to about, like, his chin, and he would usually wear it up in a high bun, like Bikram did. Greg was one of Bikram's protégés in the late 90s and early 2000s, so Bikram was a huge influence on him, and he would act like him in a lot of ways. 
Greg not only learned how to make people devoted to him, he also learned how to turn yoga into a very profitable business. Years later, in 2016, multiple women would accuse Bikram Chaudhry of sexually assaulting them. There would also be accusations of racism, sexism, and homophobia. Bikram fled the United States in 2016 and has not lived here since. And that is the man who taught Greg how to be a yogi, how to run a yoga empire. The New York Times article highlighted Greg's success, which was continually growing. He had multiple locations in New York and California, with plans to expand to Arizona, Washington State, and even internationally to Spain and Israel. Greg spent less and less time in New York. And while he traveled the world, amassing his yoga empire, he left his right-hand woman in charge, who will remain unnamed in this podcast. Jill told me that Greg would call this woman at all hours of the night, sometimes even while she was teaching, just to see if she would answer, to test her loyalty. So even when Greg wasn't in New York, he was keeping tabs on everything that was happening there. He was always watching. By this point, Greg primarily stayed at his house in Colorado, where his wife kept horses and they had season tickets to the Broncos. Meanwhile, the people teaching classes for him at Yoga to the People were struggling financially, many of them working long hours for free. By 2011, Jill realized that her mental health was severely suffering. I kept thinking that I would get to this place where I was doing yoga all the time and I would, it would make my mind healthier and then I wouldn't have to throw up anymore or something. But I kept doing it. I wasn't getting better. In fact, I was getting worse because I was so stressed out and that was my way of coping. Through Jill's vulnerability and openness about her past trauma, Greg had learned exactly how to control her. And she got to a point where she was terrified of him all the time, scared that he was watching her, scared that he would call her and yell and berate her. Greg was unpredictable. Every few weeks, he would arrive in New York unannounced to teach a yoga class, and all the teachers were expected to attend that class, in the front row, of course. Greg didn't have to be physically present to have control over Jill. Just the idea that he might reach out to her at any point kept her constantly on edge. She was in an emotionally abusive relationship with her yoga teacher and boss, Greg Gamusio. I was scared all the time. What if I had to say the wrong thing? And that was very possible because you never knew with Greg. It could be anything. And what were you scared would happen if that, if that happened? Uh, you know... For me, getting fired, getting screamed at, getting threatened, because that's what he did. He would scream and threaten and bully. I grew up in an an extremely abusive household with a very scary, rageaholic father. That was a huge trigger for me. I mean, I I would turn into a five-year-old every time I saw him calling or coming or anything. I would be absolutely terrified. Jill also felt financially trapped. She wasn't making enough money to quit teaching. And since she didn't have any official paperwork documenting her work at Yoga to the People, how could she get a job teaching yoga somewhere else? I was in a state of survival, and he put all of these controls around us in such a way that we had, it felt like we had no way to get out. And I know that sounds 
hard to the layman, but it's a very real lived experience. It's, it's using fear to control people. Yeah. I think like people that don't maybe understand like how deep that sort of psychological control can get might hear that and ask after he yells at you on the phone, why didn't you just leave or quit right away? Right. I am so glad that you brought that up. And that's one of the reasons I've been so vocal about Greg. A narcissist or a sociopath can manipulate people, especially that have trauma or complex trauma into a level of compliance and fear. And so that is how it felt when I was there. I had reached a a breaking point. You know, I was very, very skinny. I was not getting enough sleep. I was not taking care of myself. I couldn't really afford it. I, I was barely making it every month, having to borrow money from friends. And I just started planning my escape. And I started mailing my stuff back to my mom's home in Colorado, where I'm from. And I, I told Greg that, I don't know, I, I think I sent him an email saying something had come up and that I needed to go home and that I would be back, you know, and then I just never came back. So, the, what, so did you feel like you needed to physically remove yourself from New York to get out of this? Mm-hmm. And that is the most devastating part. Not that I don't believe everything happens for a reason, but I had been working as a musician for 15 years. And once you remove yourself from New York, (laughs) it's really hard to stay in the game, you know? Jill left Yoga to the People for good in 2012. She still kept in touch with Greg through the years, afraid that he might retaliate against her in some way, still feeling somewhat indebted to him. She eventually moved to Florida and was able to get a job teaching yoga. And then one day in 2016, Greg showed up to her yoga class there unannounced. I saw him walking in the parking lot. And when I tell you, my knees were knocking, my heart was racing. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm really I was really scared. So I just taught the class. He had never taken my class before. He laid on the floor the whole time. He didn't even do the yoga. He did like the first breathing exercise in one posture and then he just laid on the floor. So I was just glad when he left. And then after that, I started carrying a gun in my purse because I do not feel safe around him. Yoga to the People carried on for eight more years after Jill left. But in July of 2020, all locations shut down, allegedly due to the pandemic. On July 3rd, 2020, an Instagram account was started called YTTP Shadow Work. The first post says... We are opening up this space for people to come and talk about their experiences in which they witnessed or were subjected to a culture of sexism, racism, and misogyny that runs from the head of the company. The Instagram posts were all anonymous, but the page is full of extensive allegations of abuse within Yoga to the People. In one post, a woman explained that she was a trainee in 2008, right out of college, when Greg asked her to babysit for his young son. He then slept with her and made inappropriate gestures to her in front of other teachers. Another woman told a story about going out to dinner with Greg and being fed tequila shots as Greg later started groping her and tickling her back at his apartment. There were hundreds of other posts just like these. 
illustrating a culture of manipulation, sexual abuse, and illegal labor practices, all orchestrated by Greg Gamusio. Other posts claimed that the annual estimated unpaid wages for Yoga to the People employees was easily hundreds of thousands of dollars. Investigators paid attention to those numbers because two years later, in August of 2022, Greg, along with his wife, Haven Solomon, and business partner, Michael Anderson, were arrested for a $20 million tax fraud scheme. Three leaders of the now defunct yoga studio chain Yoga to the People are facing federal tax fraud charges. Investigators say the studio leaders accepted donations in cash, paid instructors off the books, and did not keep financial records. If convicted, the defendants each face a maximum of 30 years in prison. The indictment alleges that Greg participated in a scheme to evade taxes with various business entities and bank accounts and used those entities to pay for lavish personal expenses, including over $200,000 in plane tickets and over $75,000 in hotels. According to court documents, Greg and his partner, Michael Anderson, at one point fabricated a tax return so that Greg could purchase a house. They emailed each other about who to fraudulently say prepared the tax form. There were other emails, too, Greg ordering staff to deposit cash in their names so that his income remained undetected. He also instructed staff to deposit cash amounts under $10,000 so as not to attract attention from the IRS. Greg used his cult of personality to convince people to work for him for free, to convince them that they were part of a greater purpose, and to control them for his own benefit. All of the Yoga to the People studios shut down in 2020, never to reopen. When Jill received the news about Greg's arrest, she felt vindicated. My girlfriend sent me the press release from the Department of Justice, and I just jumped up and down elatedly, screaming, like crying. I'm getting chills thinking about it. I just felt validated and like also not completely safe, but just validated. Greg Amusio is currently being monitored from his home in Washington state. He is restricted to Washington, Oregon, and the state of New York, where he awaits his trial. The Opportunist is a cast original podcast. It's produced by me, Hannah Smith, along with Natalie Gregory and Sarah Dogleish. Colin Thompson is our executive producer. Anton Doty is our editor and music editor. The show is mixed and mastered by Matt Sewell. The Opportunist show cover art is by Joel Hassemeyer. Our theme song is Waltz for Zechariah from the album Cholet. Do you have a suggestion for the show and Opportunist that you want to hear us cover? You can email us at theopportunist at castmedia.com. That's cast with a K. Follow, rate, and review The Opportunist on Apple Podcasts. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to The Opportunist ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.